The Leia Hyopan Show. BitMEX, the OG crypto derivatives platform and the best place to buy your Bitcoin. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Le Hyle Pen Show. I have a very spicy conversation for you today. It's going to be good, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. There is no better time to have this conversation. Now, before I bring on my guest, I do want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by BitMEX. BitMEX is the OG crypto derivatives exchange and now has a spot exchange for you to buy and sell your Bitcoin. Especially in a bear market, you need a name that you can trust. BitMEX sets the standard in reliability, performance, and transparency, and has proven itself through multiple market cycles and has stood the test of time. So you definitely need that um, with the kind of markets that we're in right now. Um, also quite exciting, um, BitMEX is also celebrating the start of um, their spot exchange with $1 million in prizes. So to enter, all you need to do is trade the crypto equivalent of $250 US dollars. So you can grab some Bitcoin during the crash for $250. Um, you can also enter up to 25 times and one lucky winner will even receive 500,000 US dollars in Bitcoin. So I'm going to leave all the information for you um, in the description below on YouTube. And a massive thank you to BitMEX because without them, we wouldn't be able to bring you such important conversations. As you know, on this podcast, we talk about freedom, we talk about Bitcoin, we talk about the looming authoritarianism, nothing is really off limits. Um, so yeah, a huge thank you to BitMEX because without them, we wouldn't be able to bring you these conversations. Now, before I bring on my guests, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and hit the like button so you can support the channel and you never miss a video. All right, guys, let's do this. Joining me today is the former BlackRock fund manager, Edward Dowd. He also recently has been suspended from Twitter for speaking too much truth. He comes from the traditional world of finance and has some very interesting things to say about the last two years. So let's bring Edward on. Edward, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited to speak with you. Um, before we jump into all of this, for those that don't know who you are, please just give us some background. Sure. Uh, I spent my career on Wall Street. I started off at HSBC Bank, which is a uh, British bank. And I sold fixed income for about five years in Chicago, learned currency, uh, currency, fixed income markets, debt markets, just basically how the guts of the uh, economic system work. Went back to business school, wanted to get into equities, uh, then went to Wall Street for Donaldson, Lufkin, Genret, which is a sell side investment bank. I was electric utility analyst, saw the dot-com fraud unfold. I was there from 97 to 99 and down the hall, uh, the investment, uh, the uh, internet research team was making money hand over fist, uh, IPOing what turned out to be worthless uh, companies. So I, I got my, I, I saw fraud early in my career, and it's kind of been something I look out for throughout every uh, Fed bubble uh, banking cycle. And there's there's a fraud cycle to the Fed, and I can talk about that later. But then I moved on to. Um, Boston, up to Boston on the bot, what's called the buy side to manage, uh, become a tech analyst. I navigated the firm through some uh, frauds and, you know, we didn't go completely unscathed because I was a young analyst, but they did listen to me. I parlayed that reputation into a portfolio management job at BlackRock in 2002, where I uh, inherited a $2 billion fund with a uh, co-portfolio manager. And the, the two of us and our team of analysts grew it to 14 billion over 10 years. We saw the great financial crisis fraud unfold. We saw that coming and we steered the ship as best we could around that fraud. Uh, I left BlackRock in 2012, 
Um, then, you know, kind of an entrepreneur tried to start a hedge fund that didn't work out. Now I'm doing other things and just uh, managing my own money, trying to start another hedge fund. But uh, my, my appearance on the scene uh, came to being when um, the mandate started rolling out in, on Maui in 2021. And I was suspicious of the vaccine. And I was suspicious. I'm just going to quickly jump in. Careful of the words you use, if you can, because I don't want to like get any algorithms, because otherwise they might take the the video down. So just. Well, I was, suspi I was suspicious of the magic juice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I tend to do, honestly. Go on. Yeah. So the magic juice was very suspicious to me, uh, and also uh, when COVID uh, hit, you got to understand those of us in the financial community have known for the last 10 years that the great financial crisis never really went away. Um, all that fraud, uh, bank, banking fraud went on the balance sheets of the central banks. And so for the last 12 years, it's been central banks printing money and governments uh, overspending money to keep the economies alive around the globe for the last 12 years. It's been a zombie economy. And so we knew that eventually the global debt bubble would reach its apex and blow up. So we were trying to figure out how that would manifest. And uh, I was very suspicious of COVID when it hit. Um, and then pretty quickly, I came to the conclusion that what we, whether COVID was created or used as an excuse, we don't care. But I, I can say with confidence that COVID was used as an excuse by the central banks to print trillions of dollars. And one of the things you need to understand in, in the fall of 2019, there was a repo crisis at the central banks and the global uh, economies were rolling over. And even without COVID, we would have rolled into a recession. So COVID provided a convenient excuse for these guys to print unprecedented amounts of money and borrow. And it also gave them emergency powers to buy corporate credit. So basically, um, the Fed averted a economic slowdown by printing. And then we had, uh, you know, another two years of inflated Fed bubbles, which recently have popped. And we're now uh, at the end of what I think is the uh, debt based monetary system as we know it. And you can tell that's happening because they keep floating the idea of central bank digital currency. Mm -hmm. um, you see financial markets, crypto, everything um, careening uh, lower. Um, it's we're at the end. And so the next two years, we should see the introduction of some sort of uh, new um, monetary system. Mm -hmm. uh, I call it I call it um, Bretton Woods Four. Uh, so we'll see what happens. My my hope is that we all have a seat at the table and nameless, faceless bankers don't create a new system that basically, as far as I can tell, a central bank digital currency will be linked to everything. And essentially, they can do social credit scores with it. They can um, monitor any of your um, climate uh, credit points and shut off your ability to purchase meat or fuel. It's basically total tyranny. Um, so that, for me, is why I got into this fight. And COVID uh, was also, is, is also being used as cover to prevent the coming riots from the financial collapse. And so right. you needed a system of you needed a system of control in place. You needed to divert people from the real cause of what's going on, which is which are the central bankers and the politicians. They've bankrupted the world. 
most people don't know this, but the social contract has been broken. Okay, what does that mean? That means all the pensions, they're broke. And eventually they can't pay those and they know that. So this is this this fear, this global coordinated fear of uh, viruses floating around and, 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 you know, they can dial up lockdowns or anytime they want. And it's very interesting that you're speaking me, to me today because the midterm elections for the U.S. are in a few months. And right on cue, Fauci and everybody's coming out talking about Omicron variant B5, which is nothing more than a cold. But for the, vac for the magic juice, it's, uh, it's a problem uh, because the magic juice uh, actually lowers your immunity. So the, the, uh, the ones who got the magic juice are going to keep getting this thing and a little more, se more severe than those of us who didn't take the magic juice. So this is a disaster uh, looming. I suspect they'll try to disrupt the U.S. elections. Um, we'll see. I, I hope I'm wrong on that. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out was early on in the COVID uh, situation, on April 5th of 2020, a, f a Federal Reserve President, James Bullard of St. Louis, got on Face the Nation. And it was very curious. It was, you know, a month after the lockdowns and he's being asked questions. How do, how do we reopen the economy? Everyone will be too fearful and everyone will be afraid to spend. And he said with a big smile, well, it's wonderful. We have new technologies and we could do testing and provide immunity badges to those. And we could, we could then surveil those people with all the new surveillance technologies. That was April 5th of 2020, mm. a Federal Reserve president weighing in on public health. So you had to you have to understand this this was in their minds. They needed a system of control to manage this financial reset and they wanted to manage it with fear and diversion diversionary tactics. And that's what we've been seeing the last two years. The good news is a lot of people are catching on. Uh, the the magic juice mandates didn't quite work out as well as they thought. There's a lot of resistance. Um, there's a lot of adverse events and deaths popping up from the magic juice. And even though the mainstream media is suppressing all that knowledge, it's spreading like wildfire word, uh, word of mouth. So uh, the, the struggle continues and the fight for freedom continues. And I'm involved. I've, I've had the honor of meeting so many great people. Um, this journey of mine has opened up new avenues, new doors. I'm talking to like-minded individuals who want to start things kind of outside of the current system, you know, new hedge funds that only take clients that have our values. Um, I'm talking to a guy that wants to figure out a way to, um, outside of government regulators, create a new banking system that uses crypto. So there's lots of interesting people I'm talking to. Yeah. We're going to have to probably start an alternative uh, economy at some point. Okay, so lots to unpack there. Um, I feel like you just hit a bunch of my questions, but I'm gonna we're gonna delve into this. Um, sure. So, like you said, like you said, you came onto the scene. Um, you know, when you started speaking out um, at the beginning um, of all of this two years ago. Um, and for those that don't know, you had written this thread on Twitter, which literally predicted everything that happened. Um, and that's one of the things which initially caught my attention. So, what I want to understand is. Um, how, how did you predict that? Because there are some people who um, who saw it initially. Um, some of my family members actually said to me, I'm telling you, 
there'll be there'll be quarantine camps, you know, and we saw that happen in Australia. So totally far-fetched to say something like that in March 2020. Um, so you you have to already be um inclined in some way. I know you said obviously you spent a lot of time sort of uh um, dealing in fraud and things like that. So you, maybe that might've helped you spot these things, but what was it that allowed you to say, okay, this, this isn't right. And this is what's coming. Well, for me, um, once you understand that the banking system, the central bank system is a debt-based monetary system. What that means is to create money, you have to create corresponding debt. So the, the whole system, since it's, uh, inception in 1913 relies on constant credit creation. And, and, and before the, um, the last two years, the Federal Reserve would lower interest rates, create an economic boom. That boom would lead to excess and inevitably some sort of fraud somewhere in the system. Now, they didn't commit the fraud, but the, the system by its nature is fraudulent. It just creates loosey, uh, easy monetary con conditions that then um, lend itself to malfeasance and um, self-enrichment by, you know, psychopaths. Mm -hmm. So this system's been going on. The problem is the system uh, just grew to such a size that this, the fraud has enveloped everything. You get, in, dot, in the dot-com fraud, it was corporate fraud. It was investment banks dispensing with the due diligence process, putting out company uh, IPOs and issuing junk bonds for companies that had no revenues. In the old days, no one could raise money if you didn't have any revenues. But in the late 90s, you could. And that created um, all this uh, capital that was sitting on all these balance sheets of these companies with no revenues. What did they do? They went out and spent a ton of money to create businesses because they believed the hype that, you know, they were going to change the world. That, that, that uh, led to the NASDAQ bubble. And that, that, you know, the companies that had real revenues and real products saw a boom in their business. Then the Fed do, do, do what they usually do. They raise interest rates, take away the punch ball. And those companies that had no revenues, the stocks went to zero, the junk bonds went to zero, and then we went into a recession. Then, you know, they did it all over again. The cycle uh, begins anew. They lower interest rates. This time, the fraud found its way into the housing market, and that party lasted... Uh, you know, from 02 to 07. And basically, you know, in the last two years of that bubble, they were making fraudulent, they were giving mortgages to people that had no business getting a home or a mortgage, and it became yeah. institutionalized fraud. The rating agencies got involved in it because they were making money hand over fist and gave AAA ratings to these bonds. Then it went kaboom. And this kaboom was uh, devastating because it was systemic. And the, the Fed had to step in and they bought all this fraud. So they bought the fraud. The fraud never went anywhere. Then the, the, to keep the economies afloat, they started doing things they've never done before, unprecedented things. And they became heroes and rock stars and saved the world. That's what all the media was telling us. And then the governments had license to just, you know, spend money because the, the, the central banks of the globe were printing money. The governments were then borrowing that money or issuing debt against that money and uh, spending like drunken sailors. And when, and so the fraud is, it's kind of, it's kind of a meta fraud. It's not a bunch of guys in a, in a, in a cigar uh, smoked room cackling evilly. It's just that the mm -hmm. system itself is, is basically a, if I was the devil and I wanted to create wars and havoc and economic booms and busts, I would create 
the current you know, Federal Reserve System. So it's inherently unstable. It's inherently prone to fraud. So we saw the fraud was building for over the last decade and got so big that I was able to predict this primarily because I knew that whatever was going to manifest, they had to have an excuse. They couldn't take the blame. They couldn't take the blame of bankrupting the world. Now, those of us who, before COVID, we thought they'd gin up a war and World War III or some sort of war to um, cover up the financial collapse. But instead, they, they decided to use COVID. So as soon as I saw the Federal Reserve president in April do that, it was easy for me to predict, make the predictions because if you're going if, if to hide uh, the uh, fact that you bankrupted the world, you need a system of control and tyranny in place. And you, you knew that they had to vaccinate or magic juice everybody. Um, and the, the magic juice is really uh, just a, a, an instrument and an agenda be used to create uh, control systems and digital ID systems and, and, and magic juice passports. Uh, unfortunately for them, the magic juice is such a disaster, it's um, harming and killing people. Now, a lot of people will speculate that's part of some evil plot and plan. Maybe it is. I have no proof of that, but it doesn't matter. They used it as an excuse and they jammed it all over the globe. And, the, you know, the thing, the tell for me was the coordination of this globally. Mm. When have you ever seen global governments all in lockstep agree on, on any one thing? Well, if they're all going bankrupt, that's, that's, that, that might pull them together. Um, and recently I made a prediction a couple several months ago that the, the global debt collapse had begun and that we'd start seeing uh, global, uh, some, glo some, some countries somewhere going bankrupt. And then it starts on the periphery and moves inward. Well, Sri Lanka has gone belly up. Ecuador is uh, disintegrating. Argentina is disintegrating. You see what's going on in the Netherlands. The farmers are rising up. Uh, because they're trying to basically steal their land. So uh, they're using COVID and now they're going to use ESG and climate control as a means of theft. It's basically theft. Um, so it wasn't hard for me to see this. And that's why my predictions were so spot on because I said, hey, think like a, think like a criminal and mm. what would a psychopath do that had to cover up their crimes? This is exactly what I would do and they didn't. So it wasn't- Yeah, I mean- you're, you're even seeing part of that anyway um, in terms of inflation, the way they sort of, you know, made it the, the Putin price hike, right? Like they had to blame it and they have to blame their mistakes on something. Um, but what gets me and something that I don't understand and I'd love your take on is there are so many um, smart individuals who have been promoting this. Now, without naming names, something insane happened to me um, nearly a year ago. I asked somebody very prevalent, and I haven't actually spoken about this before, I asked somebody very prevalent in the crypto community, an entrepreneur, to come on my show. And he wouldn't come on until I promoted the magic juice to my followers, um, until I got juiced myself. He wouldn't come on until I did that. Um, now, this is an intelligent individual, so I'm thinking to myself, why does this person care so much? Um, ha have they been compromised? Are they being paid? What's, what's your take on, you know, these individuals that aren't politicians, um, that aren't bankers pushing this stuff to the extent that this person did? So a couple things. We've learned subsequent to the what I saw as uh, madness in 2021. It's come out that the uh, mainstream media companies, even some conservative 
um, what would be considered alt alternative news got money from the government directly to promote the vaccines and right. to suppress any counter narratives about the vaccines that might not uh, uh, the magic juice that might not be um, beneficial to the magic juice uh, agenda. The uh, we also learned that influencers on Instagram uh, and and Facebook were paid to promote the magic juice. So, and also um, some people lost their minds and just thought this was a great thing. Now this person, I don't know, uh, I suspect this person is an influencer and uh, they may have just fervently believed that the magic juice was the way forward without, you know, they're smart, but they, they didn't have any discernment. I used to think this was an IQ issue. It's a discernment issue. It's not, uh, it's, 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 it's not seeing the truth for what it is. Um, but they also could have been paid. And that's, got, that's on record as having happened. Influencers got paid to promote the magic juice. So the, they made a full court press on this that I've never seen before in my lifetime. Uh, I live on Maui, and in February of 2021, there were radio ads saying to go get your magic juice shot that it had been approved by the FDA. At the time, it had not been approved. It was still under EUA. It had been authorized, and they were touting it as safe and effective, and it neither was safe nor effective, as we've come to find out. It doesn't actually do anything. In fact, there's studies coming out that the magic juice has negative efficacy. Your chances of getting the new variants are higher than those of us who didn't participate. So th this is, I've never seen anything quite like this. It's, uh, you know, I have friends who took it who are smart. Uh, they just had some sort of belief system that, you know, all the checks and balances were in place. Because of my experience with fraud, I suspected that the third party trusted agent had been compromised, just like in the great financial crisis. The rating agencies were compromised. Mm -hmm. The FDA was compromised. The FDA is thoroughly corrupted. Uh, it's, it's not an institution that is uh, free. It's been captured by the magic juice producers. And proof of that was when some uh, doctors uh, made a FOIA request to look at the clinical trial data of the magic juice. And what was interesting about that is typically speaking, when you do a, a, a drug trial, all the data gets sent to a warehouse and then it's also uh, digitally put on servers. And anybody can go look at that data. No one ever does because it's you know hundreds and hundreds of pages of data. Yeah. And people just assume the FDA did the work. Well, these doctors wanted to look at this 28 day study. By the way, the, 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 the magic juice trial was 28 days. That's absurd. Just, just think about that. Usually magic juice uh, uh, studies are seven to 10 years. We did this in 28 well, days. Just on that, just on that point though, I've said this before and people sort of say to me, oh, they were starting, they were starting their trials with SARS back in what, like the late nineties or something like that. So they uh, say, oh no, no it's actually it, years. No, no. So, so here, here's the deal. Uh, the, the technology they decided upon was experimental. It's mRNA, okay? It's never been tested on humans. They suspended with human trials. We are the human trials, okay? Uh, all the rats died, okay? That's a fact. Before they went to production in the 28-day in the trial, 
the, the rats died. There was this mRNA technology had never produced a product prior to the EUA that was authorized. So Moderna was a company that never had a product until this product. They were never able to actually get approval for anything, nothing. And it was, in fact, on Wall Street, it was known as a sketchy company, uh, a serial a capital raiser, meaning they'd, you know, they'd always make promises about some new discovery, go raise capital. And it was a speculative kind of hedge fund stock. And the CEO was kind of known as a scumbag. That's, that's just fact around Wall Street. He's a scumbag. So here we are. And uh, the FDA uh, was requested to show this data. And guess what they said? We're going to hide it for 75 years. Well, you know, look, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. That's, that's called fraud. It's prima facie evidence of fraud on its face. It's a cover up. And so now, as these releases of the Magic Juice documents are coming out, Naomi Wolf and her team of 2,500 volunteers of lawyers and, and um, uh, scientists are looking over the data, and it's a disaster. It's, it's just straight-up fraud. Brooke Jackson is currently uh, suing Pfizer, and their defense was, well, the government knew we committed fraud, so it's not fraud. Literally, that's, that's what they said. That, that's in the, in the filing. You, the mainstream media won't touch us with the 10-foot pole. Pfizer has said, well, the government knew we were, doing, we were committing fraud, and, it, and so it's okay. It just blows my mind that we got to this point. Um, I it, it, it think it, it, it's, just, it's just crazy. Um, you, called, you called these um, medicines uh, the silent Vietnam War. Um, can you explain what you mean by that? And um, do you have data which backs up, um, you know, that people that got the magic juice are um, worse off when it comes to the next variant? Uh, there's a study out there. I'll, I can get that to you. But I, what we did do is I, um, when I first started making uh, my 15 minutes of fame, a ex-Wall Street insurance analyst reached out to me to analyze the insurance companies, which have had horrendous second half 21 results with working age people in their group, group life um, divisions. Uh, that, that didn't occur in uh, the first half of 2020. It, ha it happened once the mandates hit. And then we looked at the CDC data, which they don't break it down by age. We broke it down by age. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, I, I can get you a chart you can post later. But basically, in the 25 to 44 cohort, their excess. Now, we calculated excess mortality off a baseline of 2015 through 2019. That was before COVID. So the baseline's calculated off that. So this, this is deaths above that baseline in this age cohort. Into the, the end of 2020, there was a, a spike up, and then it went down again into uh, um, uh, the vaccines. But then when the vaccines took off, there was a little bump. But then when the mandates hit, there was a, uh, a rate of change that was undeniable, up to 84% excess mortality into the September, August, September, October timeframe of 21. And during, from March of 2021 to Feb of 2022, 61,000 excess millennial deaths occurred. Okay, now, uh, we're not going to say that they were all due to the magic juice, but a large portion of them were. And uh, that's why we said, and I've famously said, 
the millennial generation in the U.S. experienced a Vietnam War in one year uh, because Vietnam uh, was 58,000 deaths over 10 years. This was one year. And the deaths continue. Uh, I should let it be known that the CDC uh, is currently doing a software server upgrade. Uh, so the site's down. And they said when the site come back, comes back up, they have to reload the data for 2022. So it's going to the reason they want to do this is because excess mortality is still elevated in 2022. So it's they want to hide it because it's a disaster. Okay, this is we figured that excess, excess mortality spiked uh, to about 40 percent for everybody in the second half of um, uh, 2021, but it's come down to around a run rate of 20 percent, and that makes sense because the mandates pulled forward a lot of people. And now uh, it's running about 20% excess mortality, which is still a disaster. Um, nobody should be dying from, well, first of all, COVID doesn't kill working age people. It only supposedly killed old people. So young people are dying at unprecedented rates. The other thing we got from the CDC data was there was a mixed shift uh, from 2020 to 2021. Mostly old people died in 2020. And then uh, a, per a percentage marked increase in young working age people spiked up into 2021. So you can't tell me the virus decided to go after a certain age group in 2021. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me either. Um, and a lot of data does come out um, and people tend to, I think you can find data to support any argument. Um, it's 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 definitely strange, but how deep does this go for you? Do you feel this is um, solely about money and this financial reset, which I know you talk about? Um, like, what what is the 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 center of all this? Is it the Federal Reserve and basically a massive cover up of a collapsing financial system? Well, I think that's what launched all these magic juice programs. Now, did they make the magic juice purposefully deadly or did they screw up it doesn't mm. really matter it doesn't really matter what what what's what's clear to me is they screwed up so badly that there's bodies everywhere and disabilities on the rise and the evidence is everywhere it's starting to um become obvious to more and more people and uh, anecdotally i can tell you here on maui those who aren't religious about um, you know, vac uh, magic juice and, and, you know, being part of this, you know, whatever this new COVID religion is, they're indifferent. And COVID is making its way around uh, Maui again. I recently just got it. Uh, I took all the frontline protocols and I got a sore throat and I'm over it. It lasted about five days. It was a sore throat. So it was a joke for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, my, uh, my magic juice friends are not having such a good time. And one of them uh, reached out to me to ask, how did you fight this off so well? I said, well, I'm using the frontline doctor's protocol. He asked what it was. I delivered it to him. He's doing better. And mm -hmm. he's now been converted. And now he's like, what is going on? I go, well, you've been defrauded. So it's, it, it's the people that just kind of took it to go along that didn't, you know, or low information type people that don't keep up on these things. Mm -hmm. They're the ones we can convert. Now, if you're if they're religious about this, they're lost. But I'd say there's about 30 percent of the 30 to 40 percent of the people who took the magic juice, at least the first two doses and maybe a booster. Once they start getting this again and again and again, they're going to wake up and they're not 
they're not tied to I'm going to do this until I drop dead. I mean, they're they're pissed. They're not happy. Um, so we have a good chance of really, I think, this fall um, converting a lot of people over to the fact that they've been defrauded. Uh, the main the mainstream media is blocking this out. Um, yeah. Twitter banned me because I was getting too close to the fire. I was getting too popular. I, I, you know, I started the year at 16,000 followers. I was closing in on 100K and my impressions were like, you know, 12 million. So they had to shut me down. I mean, it, yeah. it, and the data that I present, look, I'm just a Wall Street guy. I'm into pattern recognition. And if I saw the uh, chart of the uh, millennial excess death, that's what we call a growth stock. I would buy that chart and do more work. Okay. That's yeah. a growth stock. Funeral homes are growth stocks. Uh, there's a new trend I want to share with you that we discovered about a month ago ago from another uh, database in the U.S. It's the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. They're the ones that do the monthly employment report. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a real-time survey. It's a household survey. They also ask questions about disability. Uh, and so the, the questions, there's like six or seven of them. And basically, they're like, they basically boil down to this. They ask if you are disabled or if someone in your household is disabled, identifies as disabled. Um, it's not tied to claims, it's not tied to a doctor's note, this is just self-identification. Well, um, for the last five years prior to the magic juice shots, it was running around 29 million in the US, it's now at 33. So mm -hmm. we've had about a 4 million increase, there's a 10% increase in disabled, and it, it looks like a gross stock chart. Went to a new high, in June, we just got the June data, 290,000 disabled Americans that self-identified. That's basically the equivalent of St. Louis or Pittsburgh, the city populations. So I, I think what people need to understand is death, is death is bad, don't get me wrong, but when you die, you're in the ground and people move on. When you're disabled, that's a cost. The people that have to take care of you have to miss work, you get on disability eventually. It's a huge cost to the society and to the and a burden on those who are left behind. And it also explains this curious labor shortage we have. Mm. Uh, they call it the great resignation. That's nonsense. Basically, we have two reasons for a labor shortage. People dropping dead and disabled, which is a much larger number than the deaths. So you want to you want to talk about inflation? Let's talk inflation. I I have a I I can tell you that this inflation is monetary in nature, but mostly not. It's mostly due to um, magic juice. One 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 reason: the Biden energy policies, the EU energy policies, all the uh, supply chain breaks from the lockdowns the prior year. And how do I know that? there's financial proof. Normally in a commodity cycle, the US dollar versus all other currencies goes down in a commodity boom. This is the first commodity cycle we've ever seen ever in the history of the petrodollar where the dollar has gone up concurrently with commodities. The dollar is at levels we haven't seen since 2002. So this is not a monetary phenomenon exclusively it's it's actual policies and and i think also magic juice issues um causing labor shortages around the world
Yeah, these uh, shortages are insane, particularly actually in the UK. Um, we have um, flights cancelled because there are just no staff. Um, and it's like, well, great, the borders are open now and the, the mandates are down, but people can't go away now because there's no staff. Um, but do you think um, people will be held accountable for what's happened? Because clearly, you know, I can see that um, they are sweeping it under the carpet People are doing U-turns on what their stance um, was. Um, you know, people like Piers Morgan in the UK. God, he was awful during the heart of it. Um, he He's done a bit of a 180 on his stance a little bit. Um, so do you think there will be some kind of accountability? I can't remember who said it. Somebody said, I think I was listening. Maybe it was I was watching some of your stuff. I think it was you. I think it was <laughs> you that said it. Somebody, I think, I think it was you. I was watching something. You said something like... Um, Although, although, you know, they, they, they had these blankets in place so that, you know, they wouldn't be held accountable. They weren't going to be held liable, um, liable if something were to happen. Right. Right. That's sort of what you said. But when there's fraud and when you can prove fraud, that blanket ban is then lifted. Is that what you said? Two things. Fraud, fraud eviscerates all. Con uh, That's uh, what you said. Yeah. <laughs> fraud vitiates. It's the, the, the legal term is vitiates all contracts. I like eviscerates, but. The legal term is vitiates all contracts. Um, that's number one. Number two, uh, as we roll through time, and this becomes more and more widely known, um, and more and more people realize they've been defrauded, the court of public opinion will shift to the point where, you know, right now uh, they just got approval for the childhood schedules, uh, and they mm. think that's going to give them immunity. Well, I will tell you that if this gets to where I think it's going to go, and people rise up and, and, and the politicians realize that they've been defrauded too. There'll be judges that issue court opinions saying you violated the spirit of immunity. There'll be new case law. Law, bureaucratic tricks won't work when the court of public opinion yes. shifts. And they but won't. But is that public will. opinion going to shift if we don't oh, have any it, more? It will. It will. I mean, you can't look. The number of people dropping dead and the unexplained deaths are just becoming ridiculously obvious. The disability is becoming ridiculously obvious. People in the mainstream media who are forced to take the magic juice are starting to question this and they will rebel and some, some will break, break ranks. I mean, you can't hide the fact that you just poisoned 220 million Americans. It's just, it's, it's ludicrous to think that this is never gonna come to light. I have full faith that it will. That's gonna take time. That's why I'm being as loud as I can. Um, you know, I'm working right now. We, we, all the insurance data that we saw, we also uh, took the CDC data and we wrote uh, a letter to 100 insurance CEOs and 50 state regulators. We held some calls. We didn't get much participation because it was in March, April. But I will tell you, as we roll through time, more and more of these executives are going to wake up. And, uh, we right now have uh, people in Washington uh, getting ready to ask questions of insurance companies. So we're we're not just sitting around doing podcasts. We're like taking action behind the scenes. We're trying to move things. We're trying to get people to wake up to the fact that, especially the insurance industry, that you are defrauded and all these payouts you're making are due to the fact that uh, a fraudulent product that wasn't really uh, vetted well is, um, is, is causing tremendous losses to your companies. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see this. Um, I, I have a feeling it's going to be, somebody's just written this in the comments, but I do agree anyway, Nuremberg 2.0, the the COVID-19 trials. Um, I'm, I'm thinking in like 
20 years though. Well, um, I, I, I hope sooner. Look, this is, this is, I, I wanted to be wrong. I wanted to, I wanted the, the, the magic juice not to kill as many people and disable as many people, but the numbers I'm seeing are so ridiculously large that, that people are going to start one by one waking up and this next wave of uh, BA5 Omicron, whatever it is that's coming this fall, and all these magic juice people are going to be getting sick and noticing that their unjuiced friends are like skating through it with a sore throat. They're going to start asking questions. I mean, if you if you if you gave your dog, uh, you know, three rabies shots and they kept getting rabies, maybe you'd start asking some questions. Maybe, you know, there's not that many dumb people. There's a lot of people that don't know, but they're going to start asking questions. And I'm I'm, I'm very I'm very hopeful that. Uh, this in the fall, it's going to become apparent to all the magic juice people that something's wrong. What do you say to people who call you a conspiracy theorist? Uh, well, that was my job on Wall Street. You know, you, let me tell you what a stock picker does. We pick stocks, and my job is to be early, right, and loud. So mm. early is before the crowd. And I work with 20 to 30% of the information. Most uh, people on Wall Street usually get on board when it becomes apparent to everyone, but by then all the money's been made. So I've been a, I've been a stock conspiracy theorist my whole life. That's what I do for a living. Uh, I, I make an investment thesis with limited information. I buy a position and over time, either the uh, news flow confirms my suspicions or I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I sell the position, take a loss and move on. More often than not, I was right. And that's, you know, this is, I do this on the World uh, Global Economic uh, um, Forum, and people call me a conspiracy theorist. I, I, I wear that badge proudly because I'm going to be right. Mm -hmm. My insurance analyst and I, we said the other day, we've never been more convicted in our thesis than this one in our whole careers. We're not only are we right, we're early, we're right, and we're loud. And more and more people are going to be joining us and pulling 180s and talking about how they were, you know, they were the ones who figured it out. It's going to be all these morons, you know, pretending like they, they, they you know, they, they had this nailed a long time ago and it's going to be a joke, but that's just the way, that's the way Wall Street works. I, I watched that my whole career. People rewrite history and uh, claim that they picked a stock that was up, you know, 600%, but no, they just bought it after it was up 600%. I understand. Um, yeah, I think we, we see that all the time. And I think we're starting to see it anyway, people coming around sort of saying, you know, they, they, were, they were there early, they knew. Um, you mentioned central bank digital currencies earlier, and I want to get into this because this is something which I'm very passionate about and speak about a lot. Um, you said it's going to be linked, you know, to social credit scores and all of this stuff. So for those that don't really understand what a social credit score is and how central bank digital currencies come into all of this, can you explain it for us? Sure. So, I mean, it's the China model. So in China, um, there's a social credit score and anything you post online, say they track, they track everything that you do in China. And if you deviate from whatever it is, their whatever social engineering agenda they're trying to put forth, your social credit score goes down. And if it gets low enough, you can't travel on a train, you can't fly on a plane, you can't get on a bus. Um, I don't think they have it linked to credit cards yet where they can shut down your food, but that's where they want to go with this. So, you know, um, the Bond villain, Klaus Schwab, wants us to... He is a Bond villain, isn't he? It's incredible. He sure is. He's clownish. 
but the, the, you know, ultimately what they want is they want us to rent, uh, own nothing, rent everything and eat bugs. Uh, this bug thing is hysterical because um, they seem to think that meat causes global warming, chickens and cows cause global warming. And they want to shut off that food, food source. I think it's primarily they want to shut off that food source because without protein, eventually you get sick and you become weak. You need you need you need protein. I mean, I know there's a lot of vegans out there and I don't want to get into the vegan thing. But, you know, animal fat and protein is essential yeah. to health. Bottom line. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned Klaus Schwab, so let's get into this. Um, <laughs> eat bugs. This is this is this is it. This is the the heart of uh, the conspiracy right now. Um, which I, I'm I'm on board. I'm on that train. I'm I see it and I believe it. Um, so okay. What what what's the goal? Is it control? You know, because I mean, this that's the thing. How deep does this go? Because at first we were sort of saying, well, um, you know, there was mismanagement, uh, financial crisis. So we bring about. Uh, you know, COVID to create this kind of um, this excuse um, for the collapse. Um, but really, how deep does this go then? Um, is it destruction by design? What's the goal? Well, so if you watch what these people say and what they do, th that's their agenda. Their agenda is a great reset with them in, at the top. We're renting things from them, I guess. The question I always say is, if we're going to own nothing and rent everything, who are we renting from? Is it you guys? Mm. If it's you guys, that's a bad deal. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a very suspicious person. And these these characters are so over the top evil and clownish. And they're trying to sell something that is just on its face ridiculous. Eat bugs, own nothing. You will do what we say. I am Klaus. I mean, it's almost so over the top that I'm worried that these, I think these guys think they're in control. They may have been set up to be the fall guys and they don't know it. So, you know, we, we eventually, def, you know, quote unquote, defeat these people. They go to jail or whatever it is. And then some, you know, shiny, handsome, young, bright, beautiful women and men come out of left field with a new system. Those are the people mm. I've, I, you know, it's the old Hegelian dialectic. You set up the problem, which is Klaus Schwab, you defeat him, but then, oh, we, we got something that sounds way more reasonable than eating bugs and, uh, and owning nothing. So that that's, I know that sounds crazy, but that, if I was running the show, that's what I do. And I'd have some evil clownish cartoon characters that, that uh, propose just complete idiocy and then they get defeated, but then the real system comes comes uh, comes in. By the real system, you mean the the actual Great Reset? The actual Great Reset that doesn't seem as bad, but it, you know those people know how that how that how it really works. I mean, the Federal right. Reserve System was set up, and no one really knows how the hell the thing really yeah. works. But it took you know, a long time. But a lot of us have a handle on it. It's it's debt based monetary creation. They don't when they create the money, they really don't necessarily control where it goes, but they know it's gonna it's going to go inflate a bubble somewhere and that fraud is the inevitable end result of it. And this bubble that the, the last bubble they just blew was government fraud and central bank fraud. They're all in on it now. And earlier you mentioned, um, you know, you're working with like-minded people to create an alternative system. Um, you said, um, what did you refer to it as? Wait, I actually wrote it down. You referred to it as the, oh, you said there's the fraud cycle and, and every, you sort of said everything's coming to an end. Um, you gave it two years. So what is this alternative system that's coming that either you're working on 
um well yeah we'll go there what are you working on what is this alternative system well it's not i'm not a i'm not a genius uh i think there's going to be just a lot of different people working on trying to work outside the system and create abilities to transact with each other away from the spying the prying eye of governments and central banks so i i i think there's like probably countless individuals working on this right now and something will emerge, you know, just like it did in, in, in the crypto space. You know, there's a lot of, of garbage coins out there, but there's some real gems and that kind of thing. There's, there's going to be a bunch of alternative systems and something will, somebody somewhere will figure it out. I, I'm personally involved with a guy in Portugal trying to start a hedge fund and he's also got some ideas for transactional based systems. And so that, you know, we're just two, two dudes. Um, I suspect there are many more. Um, you also, you know, look, as we roll forward over the next two to three to five years, people like you and me um, are already doing this. We have um, built up human capital. We have friends and like-minded individuals that we can rely on when, when the uh, proverbial SHIT hits the fan, right? Um, I spoke before a bunch of wealthy individuals who, you know, think that their money is going to protect them. And I said, look, um, your relationships are based on monetary transactions, your security guards, your housekeepers, you know, your, your chauffeurs, they, they're not your friends. Mm. You need to build up human capital of like-minded individuals where you guys are going to do favors for each other that have nothing to do with money, but they have to do with values and trust. And if you don't have those, you're, you're doomed. You're, you know, you're, your staff's going to run at the first sign of trouble. And they were shocked when I said that. Now, the person who was putting on this event agreed with me and said that he's working on that as well. So he's obviously, you know, ahead of the game. So mm. I, I want everybody to build community that's not based on money. It's based on, you know, trust. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to have people in your circle that have skills. Like, like I'm a finance guy. I'm learning other skills. Like I want to learn how to build things. I, I have friends who are carpenters and mechanics. Um, these are people I want in my circle. Um, I don't necessarily want a bunch of other Wall Street dudes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, to, I, I totally understand. Who don't know how to do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. You need um, you need a like-minded circle of individuals who can all bring different value for when things hit the fan and you can all, um, you know, help each other. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that point there, but that's, that's important. Um, so you mentioned crypto, Let, let's get into that just briefly then. Um, where does Bitcoin come into it for you? Um, I, I mean, does it at all? For me personally, I feel like it does just because, um, you know, they can lock you down, they can take your livelihoods, they can force you to take some form of medicine. But ultimately, if you store your your, your wealth in Bitcoin in a non-custodial manner, um, you know, they, they just can't get your money. So for me, that's very exciting. Um, what's your take? So, you know, I missed the whole Bitcoin wealth create. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old. Okay. So I missed it. But but I I, I understand it and I, I analyze it like I do any other um, chart or security. And it went through unprecedented growth and speculation. And it put in a very nefarious uh, formation, which is what we call a yearly swing high. Um, in its whole history, prior to the last three years, it had never done that. It had had tremendous drawdowns, but never technically um, put in a yearly swing high. And what that is, it's a technical formation that suggests that 
a top, a major top is in. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think Bitcoin is here to stay. Um, if you bought it 65,000 or uh, you're not going to see those prices for a long, long time. And it, I think Bitcoin has to do what lots of uh, bubbles do. It, it has a blow off top and then it bases and the basing period could be anywhere from three to 10 years. I don't know what it is. I suspect it'll be shorter. Yeah. Um, primarily because um, it, you know, lots of weird things are going on in the world. So I, I don't think we're going to go through a 10 year base basing period, but um, crypto's here to stay. Bitcoin's here to stay. Um, it's going to be um, definitely a part of everyone's portfolio. Um, when people talk about gold, you know, mm. I'm not a gold bug. No. Um, you know, what do you do with bars of gold? What are you going to shave off a little sliver? I mean, at least with Bitcoin, you can you you can you can exchange it digitally. Uh, gold, oh, yeah. gold, gold is is a much tougher sale for me. Um, I'm not against gold, and and having some gold is not a bad idea. But if you know if you're storing all your wealth in gold bars in your basement, and the the S H I T stuff hits the fan. Uh, I've been trying to tell, I've been trying to tell that to Peter Schiff. I told him, you know, when the medicine mandates come, you can't run with your gold bullion bars, can you? But you can (laughs) run with your Bitcoin. That's the way I put it. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, like the, the price and the, and the technical analysis aside, I feel like you're somebody who would understand Bitcoin just from a philosophical standpoint. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's freedom. It's, um, uh, it, it's, the technology, from what I understand, uh, is open open source, and it's yeah. it's basically transparent. Um, the, the the ledger is there for everybody to see, and that's something you don't get from central banks. Uh, we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what swap lines we have with China or Russia. I mean, it's a joke. So, um, and. I think these cryptocurrencies, um, I, I, I know there's a lot of fraud in crypto. That's, you know, it's like anything that's new, there's going to be fraud. In the dot-com era, there was 90% of, I, I, I can liken the crypto to the dot-com in that the dot-com fraud, 90% of those companies went to zero. 10%, one of them became Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So, it's the job of the crypto folks to figure out what's the crypto Amazon. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. And that's what you guys need to do. And I think Bitcoin is obviously in the, in, in the, in the running, some of these other coins. Good luck. I mean, <laughs> uh, what do they call them? Shit coins, I guess. Shit coins. Yeah. Shit coins, yeah. meme coins. Yeah. We call them shit coins. Yeah. Um, and you know, look, you, you can trade those and speculate in those, but investing, yeah. I think you got to pick, um, you know, Bitcoin or what are the other ones you like? Well, you could call me a bit of a Bitcoin maximalist. Like I, I think Bitcoin is the best form of money. Um, and I find Ethereum interesting. And I think that's maybe as far as I go, um, because ultimately, you know, they are just all gambles. Um, you, we don't really know what, how they're going to perform. A lot of them are centralized. Um, you know, and I, I guess like it's, it, it's up to you and, and, you know, how much risk you're willing to take. Many of these are just startups. Um, you know, the companies collapse, as you said, 
Um, so we'll have to see how it goes. But in terms of like my my main interest is freedom and empowerment and people being sovereign over everything from their time to their their money, their health, everything. Um, you know, I want people to be um, independent and empowered. Um, and I think Bitcoin is the only one that really facilitates that lifestyle. Um, so, yeah, that's why you could call me a bit of a Bitcoin maximalist. <laughs> I, I, I have a younger friend works at a hedge fund and he only trades Bitcoin and Ethereum. He says those are the best ones uh, to trade and invest in. So there you go. There you, you go. You got a guy who, who works at a $13 billion hedge fund. You, only, you will only touch those two. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Edward, it's been such a pleasure. How can people follow your work? You've obviously recently been suspended from Twitter. Um, so how can people follow you or get involved with whatever uh, you're doing? So I'm on Getter, uh, at Edward Dowd, D-O-W-D. And website is going to be rolling out soon where I'm going to put all the research for everybody to grab and run with it. And, you know, the information will be available to everybody so they can, you know, share it with their friends and family and say, hey, you find it interesting that uh, 61,000 millennials perished in the fall of 2021? And just, you know, bring it, just start conversations. You don't, you don't need to, you just go, this, this is weird. Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah, so we're we gonna should have it, that. We're going to roll like a out section. a website. Yeah. We should have a section on the website, like conversation starters, icebreakers. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start a website soon. So that right now I'm on Getter posting. Um, I'm doing a lot of podcasts. Uh, we will be leaking the letter we sent to the insurance industry soon. So stay tuned for that. Also, you'll see out of Washington's, um, hopefully a senator will uh, send, uh, uh, have a press release indicating that they're asking questions from the insurance companies about the mm -hmm. magic juice. Okay. Well, guys, please follow um, Ed. He was kind enough to share, um, you know, all of this with us. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the next few years play out. So Edward, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Pleasure speaking with you and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And guys, thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to hit the like button and also hit subscribe so you support the channel and also you never miss a video. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye. The Leia Heilpan Show.